Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Drive Time Radio Show. Giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information, and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR. 855 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. Is something worrying you? Need someone to talk to? Having trouble at work or at home? Call WIRE Women's Information on 1300 134 130, Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm. Talk to a woman who cares. It's free and confidential Victoria-wide. You can talk to us about anything. You can also talk to us in your own language through our telephone interpreter service. So call WIRE on 1300 134 130 or visit wire.org.au. WIRE is a 3CR supporter. Okay, uh, welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on the dial. On today's show, we have Lucy McCormack, a yoga instructor, and she'll be talking about yoga and mental health. And Brainwaves crew interviewing today is Mark and Daniel. Paneling is myself, Kathy here. Over to you guys. Thanks, Kath. Hi, Lucy. Uh, so I think everyone knows what yoga is. But can you just explain a bit more about what it really is? Because I think a lot of people probably just think maybe it's just stretching in a room if they've never done it. So could you just explain a bit more about what yoga is for us, please? Sure. Well, yeah, the common misconception is that yoga is just stretching in a room. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, it's a lot more than that. So yoga is the practice of well-being uh, for the physical body but also mentally and spiritually as well. So with yoga, we uh, work on building strength in the body. So it's a cleansing process for the body. We build strength and endurance with the muscles. We work on aligning the body physically so we have good flow of energy or what we call prana through the body. Um, But we're also working very consciously with the breath as well. So we're not just holding postures or holding stretches, but we're actually being very mindful of each breath flowing in and out of the body. So the breath is really important as part of that cleansing, detoxification, and that has the effect of also calming the mind to alleviate the stresses of our day-to-day lives. Uh, You get a really good feeling of contentment peace at the end of a yoga practice and this feeling of goodwill brings a real sense of well-being to people all right so are there actually different types of yoga or is there just the one type there are many different types of yoga i often get asked do you teach bikram or that other style bikram is one of many styles so bikram is the famous hot yoga style done in a heated room 
but there's some much more older traditional forms of yoga as well. So, for example, there's Shivananda yoga, the traditional Hatha yoga, uh, which incorporates um, proper exercise, proper breathing, proper diet, proper relaxation, positive thinking and attitude. There's Kundalini yoga, which is a very ancient form of yoga whereby we're working on releasing the dormant energy at the base of the spine. This is links to Tantra. And then there's the more familiar Iyengar and Ashtanga Vinyasa forms of yoga where the emphasis is on the postures and linking postures to the breath. Wow, we <laughs> Kundalini wasn't it? Wasn't it, Kundalini was in uh, the original Mad Max? If anybody cares, <laughs> he was a, he was the coffin bearer. Kundalini, Kundalini. <laughs> so now I've been I've actually uh, been to Lucy's yoga and I love it, and she's a terrific teacher. But uh, Lucy, I wanted to ask you what uh, what got you hooked on practicing yoga. Well, I started attending an Iyengar yoga class when I went to university just as something to do once or twice a week for my body, to nourish my body, because when you're studying, you tend to be all in the mind. So I really enjoyed um, my weekly or twice a week if I could make it, going to the classes, and we really worked mostly on the posture side of things. And after university, I carried on with Iyengar yoga. So I did that for about five years, but I wouldn't necessarily say I was hooked at that stage. It was actually when I went to a class that was just listed as yoga, not any specific style. And I found it was so different from what I was used to. It was more of a flow yoga or a vinyasa yoga where we were still doing the postures, but we were moving a little quicker and there was that real emphasis on the breath leading the movement. And at first I was a bit like, well, what's going on here? You know, the teacher's not correcting people. She's not adjusting. Where's all the blocks and the straps? And, you know, we're not breaking down these postures. But I really feel that sense of connecting to the breath. I really just became in my own body and really in my own space. And it kind of no longer mattered you know, exactly the intricate alignments, but I just felt um, a real deep sense of peace and contentment from that practice. And I kind of thought, well, that was a bit different. Um, Wasn't too sure about it first, but I went back and the more I went back and the more I just allowed my breath to be my main focus, I really felt there was something a lot more to it. And that's when I started to buy books on yoga. It's when I started to enroll on yoga workshops, a yoga foundation course, and then on to yoga teacher training. So it sounds like uh, that yoga's had a, like a really positive impact on your mental health. Uh, what other benefits is, are there to regular yoga practice? Well, definitely it um, helps your mental health because of that that feeling of calm peace and contentment that you get from the end of the practice but physically yoga really helps the physical body building strength and endurance but doing so in a way that doesn't activate the stress hormones so a lot of fitness regimes or exercises actually rely on putting stress on the body to build strength whereas yoga builds strength and endurance while actually reducing the stress hormones that age us 
And then, of course, there's the calming effects, so helping to alleviate those daily stresses that we all have in our lives by taking that time to really be in the body and be with the breath and just to nourish, self-nourishment. Mm-hmm. And, look, a lot of people are trying to lose weight these days, Lucy. Is there a definite link? And, and Kate, our panel over there, is saying, me, me, me. Um, is there a definite link with as far as yoga, probably diet and weight loss? Uh, yeah, absolutely. There is a link between yoga and weight loss and, as you said, incorporating diet into that mix as well. Um, so yoga does help to regulate blood pressure. It helps to control um, blood sugar levels. So the, the glucose level actually drops. And not only that, it's the uh, mind-body awareness that you develop through yoga practice. And through that, you actually start to learn from your body what you put into your body and what you do with your body actually is for your own good. So, for example, the doctor might say to you, oh, you know, um, you should really have less sugar and maybe eat more vegetables. And you think, oh, I must try, I must have less sugar, I must have more vegetables, I must exercise more. And you're just kind of beating yourself up about it. But with yoga practice, you get this mind-body awareness that um, you actually realize, wow, when I have sugar, I don't feel so good. Or when I eat more plant-based foods, when I eat more vegetables and pulses, I feel really great when I get up and exercise or when I get up and go to a morning yoga class, I feel really good. So there's therefore a positive incentive. So you find that you're having less sugary foods, not because the doctors told you to, but because you have that mind-body awareness, you no longer want those sugary foods. Now, having said that, it's not something that happens in the one class. Of course, this is something that happens over time. And it sounds like too good to be true. Wow, I do yoga and then my body tells me what I need. How fantastic. But it actually takes effort. So you need to go to the class. You need to do the exercises. You need to make the commitment. But it's all, it's all, it's all works. Like it's not a placebo effect. These, these, these feelings that people say, oh, I feel great doing yoga and everyone should do yoga. If you feel amazing, you just think, oh, yeah, you know, it sounds really good. <laughs> but, um, you know, the scientists of this world, they don't like to rely on hearsay. So there have been studies. Harvard Medical School has done significant studies on the effects of yoga and have proved that there is changes to the body. There's changes in brain activity brain structure, the biochemistry of the brain. So it's not a placebo effect. These changes do take place with that committed practice. Mm. So it sounds like it affects you physically, but also philosophically as well, because you're saying a lot about it makes you think about your body. It it develops mind-body awareness. So, um, you know, people don't necessarily come to yoga saying, I want to do yoga because I want to be more mind-body aware. Um, but that's that's almost like a byproduct of doing regular yoga. You become more aware of your body. So you do become more aware if you're hunching your shoulders. Like, why am I hunching my shoulders? Am I stressed today? You become aware if your breath becomes a little irregular. And you notice these things happening. And you also notice when you do good things to your body. 
so you notice, oh, you know, I really was able to digest that lighter meal than I would normally have in the evening. Um, you notice how you are able to sleep better with um, deep rhythmical breathing before going to bed. And you realize that, you know, what makes you anxious, what might not make you anxious. And so you really start to look after yourself from the inside out. So you no longer have to rely on doctors or experts telling you what you need to do. You rely on your own intuition, your own wisdom and your own inner teacher. Wow. wow. Yeah, so, uh, so everybody's different. Everybody's got a different body. Everybody's got a different mind. So is yoga for everyone? Can everybody do yoga or is it only certain people? <laughs> Definitely everyone can do yoga simply because it, it is a practice for everyone. You're developing your own mind-body awareness and for something that works for some someone else might not work for you and you'll find that a really good yoga class, there will be options. So, you know, a lot of people are anxious about coming to a class because, you know, I hear all the time, oh, I'd love to do yoga, but I'm not flexible enough. Yeah, that's me. I can't <laughs> touch my toes. It's impossible for well, me to touch my toes. Well, you know what? The flexibility is actually a byproduct <laughs> of yoga. So whether or not you can touch your toes, um, all the postures are able to be modified to suit every body type. And that's another one of the great things about yoga is it really acknowledges that everyone is different. And as you develop that mind-body awareness, you know you start to learn where you can make modifications to your practice to suit your body and not just to suit your body, but to suit your body on any given day because we all have different bodies and that body is different each day we wake up due to what's going on in our lives emotionally, what's going on with work, what happens with our stress levels, what we've eaten, how much sleep and rest we've had. So really learning to acknowledge those differences from day to day. Mm. Lucy, I just wanted to ask, when we, if there's a yoga conversation, it inevitably slides along to mindfulness or meditation. Uh, not that it has to be part of a practice, but, um, you know, it's an interest of mine. And I've been practicing for, for quite a long time. Now, can you just give us your, your take on uh, why mindfulness is considered such a powerful tool and what your experiences are around a practice? Well, mindfulness is basically a meditation technique where we're focusing the mind on the present moment. So it helps to reduce stress and enhance happiness because the mind gets stressful when we're thinking of stre stressful situations. So as soon as we think of something stressful, those brain cells get fired up. With a mindfulness practice, it's about bringing the mind into the present moment. So rather than thinking of that st stressful situation, just coming back to where am I now? Breathing, feeling the temperature of your body, just noticing your environment. And those stressful brain cells, if you like, start to diminish. You start to become more present of what's going on around you. So that can really help if somebody has having trouble sleeping, somebody's got a test or a job interview or you're about to have a potentially challenging conversation with a family <laughs> member, for example. Nah. <laughs> okay, or perhaps going live on radio. Great for going go. live and on you're, radio. You're doing a sterling job, but I think we need to hear a song. <laughs> I'm struggling with my mental health. 
I'm concerned about my loved one and need support for myself. I need someone to speak to, but I don't want to burden my family and friends. The experience of mental illness can be emotional, challenging and isolating, but you don't have to go through it alone. Hello, Helpline. Helpline is an information support and referral service. Our trained volunteers all have a personal experience of mental illness and are here to listen, understand and help. Our service is free, confidential and you can call us from Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm. If you have a mental illness, know someone who does or just need someone to speak to, call Helpline on 84864222. That's 84864222. My fellowship is a 3CR supporter. Welcome back, listeners. You're on Brainwaves with 3CR Community Radio. This is Kate. I've just got a couple of brief announcements. Um, We have a SMART promotion. Um, SMART is a research project looking at how electronic resources can support conversations between mental health consumers and workers. The project gives participants the opportunity to have eight face-to-face sessions with a facilitator using an iPad and the internet to talk about either mental health topics or other topics that are of interest. It's being led by Swinburne University in partnership with a range of clinical and community mental health services. If you are over 18 and have experienced psychosis and are interested in getting involved, please call on 9214 5304 or email at smartonline@swin.edu.au. And one more message that we have for you today, um, urgent drummer wanted, local band full mental jacket, urgently require a drummer. FMJ are a seven-piece band playing classic rock blues, covers and originals. Um, you must be available Tuesdays, 11 to 4pm for rehearsals and upway. Drum kits supplied. Inquiries, contact Full Mental Jacket on the following website, fmjtheband at hotmail.com. Thank you. All right, so we're here with Lucy Cormack at the moment, and we've been talking about uh, mindfulness and yoga. Uh, so we were talking a little bit there about the meditative effect of mindfulness. Uh, can you just... Tell us, do you only practice mindfulness while doing yoga or is it something that trickles into the rest of your life? Very much so. It trickles into the rest of your life. But, yeah, you would often start finding that sense of mindfulness as you practice yoga, as I talked about before, when you're being really present with your breath as you move your body or as you're still in your posture. But really it's um, attempting to train the brain to be present So you can really learn to concentrate on things. So whether it's in your yoga practice and you're concentrating on your breathing, concentrating on your posture, or just in your day-to-day life as a method of calming yourself before a stressful situation, or just appreciating the moment, whether you're going for a walk along the beach and just being there, listening to the sound of the waves, smelling the ocean, feeling the breeze, just being really present. The mind has that tendency to wander off. And with all this technology that we're constantly surrounded with, mindfulness is really difficult. You see people in a restaurant on their mobile phone and 
you know, they're not even being rude. They're just addicted to it. Their mind is addicted to it. They cannot wait to respond to a text later. Everyone's got that feeling that everything needs to be dealt with immediately. Uh, But with mindfulness, you might start to feel that, no, I'm going to enjoy my food now or my company if I'm with someone and really take the time to be in that moment and, and do those things that you need to do, the communication side of life at a set time and be really present in that form of communication. Yeah, it's funny. We do see people at restaurants and there's six or eight people sitting around a table and they're not talking to each other. It's, it's, it's a very funny <laughs> sight. Now, Lisa, you spent some time in an ashram last year and that's fascinating to me. I think that'd be amazing. Tell us about that. Uh, it was pretty amazing. They advertise the ashram as a gateway to inner peace and I couldn't think of a better way of describing it myself. It's like total luxury, just immersing yourself in yoga and being really present. So it's very structured. Uh, there's a lot of discipline that needs to be practiced in the ashram, but that has a massive effect when you move back out to the material world. So every day there's a daily structure that's repeated every day, six days a week. You have Fridays off. You have the option to stay on a Friday and keep it going. But six days a week, every day you're getting up early. So you start your day at 6 a.m. with daily chants and meditation. And the reason it starts that way, so starting early, starting with chanting and meditation, is because at that time of the day it has the most impact on your psyche. So your mind's not yet cluttered with the thoughts of the day. Even mealtimes, very disciplined, very structured. So there's no talking, you eat in absolute silence. And the idea is that, you know, you're preserving the energy, you're really nourishing the food, you're you're letting your body absorb the nutrients. It's, again, mindfulness. You're not distracted by anything else, not even conversation. You're just there, present, letting your body do its thing as you nourish yourself. Wow. What what are you eating? (laughs) We had... Sublakis or...? No. No souvlakis. No, the the food was um, the menu was put together by the Ayurvedic part of the ashram, the Ayurvedic doctors. So it was based on what was in season. And uh, when I first arrived there, well, it was the first place I went to when I got off the plane was the ashram. Mm. And so there's a lot of vegetables that you don't recognise because we don't have them here. But um, it's not it's not like you think of Indian food as being particularly spicy. It's actually quite bland, the ashram food, because, again, they don't want to fire things up. It's very disciplined. You often find you're having the same kind of foods, but it's very nourishing, very cleansing, very nourishing, very healthy. So one thing I'm wondering about that experience is, like, how do you get through the boredom? Because I imagine there's probably quite a lot of boredom. No, not at all. You hardly have a moment to yourself. Really, it's the complete opposite. So... Uh, you get up, as I said early, to do your daily chants, your meditation. You get a little tea break. Then you've got your asana practice, so your yoga postures. Then there's food. You have daily chores that you have to do, lessons, more yoga practice, more mealtime, more meditation, more chanting. So there's very little time to get bored. And when you do have a moment to yourself, you want to catch up with the other people, the friends that you're making. Yeah, sure. <laughs> So also, you've uh, made yourself a DVD about yoga at home. Would you like to talk a little bit about that and plug it a bit? 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's very many yoga DVDs out there. But what I wanted to do with this one is, as well as giving a full practice, so you can absolutely play all do the whole thing start to finish. But what I've done is I've broken the DVD up into seven sections. So you can actually roll out your yoga mat sit there or stand there or lie down and feel what do I need today for my practice. So what I wanted to deliver was that that mind-body awareness where you get on your mat and you think, what do I need today? And absolutely, you can do the whole thing start to finish. But if you don't have time, you can do maybe section one, two and three or three, six and seven. You can mix it up to suit you and be very mindful because often it's your least favorite section that you need most. So if you're feeling a little sleepy, you might want to do the relaxation sequence, but you might need a more dynamic sun salutation sequence. So be really aware of what you feel you need, but what you really need on each day to nourish yourself. Good stuff. And just quickly, where can we find you, Lucy? Uh, you can find my DVD on my website, www.lucycormack.com. You'll also find my timetable there as well, so you'll see where I'm teaching around Melbourne. Fantastic. Look, thank you so much for coming in. Very, very knowledgeable. I, I, I said to the guys, I've got the perfect person to come and talk about <laughs> wellness and holistic uh, you know, approach to, 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 to life. So, look, we really appreciate your time today, Lucy. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, we'd all like to thank uh, Lucy Cormack, not Lucy McCormack. I mispronounced it earlier in the show. So, um, yep, thanks for um, coming on to the show. It was a pleasure. And you can listen to podcast of our show at 3cr.org.au and iTunes. Send us feedback, thoughts, or just get in contact, especially if you have a story, suggestions, or topic you'd like to share. Email us at brainwaves at mifellowship.org. Post your brainwaves at 3CR, PO Box 1277, Collingwood, Victoria, 3066. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in to 3CR next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves. Stay tuned for Renegade Economist coming up next on 3CR. Until next week, it's goodbye from the team at Brainwaves. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.